that Keontae shit. This Keontae shit? I'd rather have like a track. If you love me, please don't judge me. Got my hands tied, the power's above me. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just a puppet here. If you wanna place blame, then look to the puppeteer. Family, fortune, envy, jealousy, privilege, passed on, legacy, secret, sabotage, borderline, felony, suicide, subtract, selfish, pedigree. When the love's gone. Year. Thank you for tuning in to Keeping It Low Key. I'm your host, Key, Kate, Keontae, uh, formerly Key Breezy81 on Twitter. Don't look it up. Uh, before we get started today, just want to let you guys know, I know this episode is dropping. I guess it will drop on a Friday, hopefully, if I can figure out all this computer shit I'm trying to do. But um, from now on, I've tried to make, I'm going to make a commitment to dropping on Wednesdays. I think Wednesdays are going to be our days. That way you get it earlier in the week, have the whole weekend to listen to it, stuff like that. So we're going to work to make sure we get them out to you guys on Wednesdays. Thank you for those of you that are tuning in. Um, thank you to everyone that's tuned into the previous episodes and any episodes going forward and anyone that's, you know, giving me feedback on everything. I know I say this thank you a lot, but I truly do appreciate it. Now, on today's episode of Keeping It Low Key, we will be switching it up a little bit. Usually I like to end the episode with um, what I've been watching, you know, what I've been listening to. But today we're going to start with that just because there was a lot of great shit that I've watched in this past week and uh, a lot of good things that I've listened to as well. So I just want to touch on that. Um, we're going to talk aquariums because I went to an aquarium this past weekend in Boston. And then we're going to talk sports, of course, um, and maybe some more stuff here and there. But for now, fuck it. Let's get it popping. Now, the main reason I wanted to start off with what I've been watching is Secession Finale dropped. Now, for those of you that don't watch Secession, I'm just going to say spoilers, fucking major spoilers. Um, You can leave. (laughs) Um, Come back for sports, I guess, is what I'd suggest. Sports is good today. I do have a lot of shit to talk about in sports. But the finale to Secession dropped, and I just want to see what people are feeling, man, because it was a fucking roller coaster. So to give people some background, um, just in case, you know, you do want to listen, even though you don't know the show, uh, fucking Logan Roy is the head of Waystar Co. It's a media conglomerate. He has three children. They're all trying to fight for power. That's kind of the basics of it. It's a great show because it's all just like what you imagine snotty, rich, privileged people talk about, but it's also like crude and fucking just a mess <laughs> and it's hilarious like it's a comedy almost but also a drama at the same time so a dramedy of sorts i hate that that doesn't sound like it's, i don't think it's too intense to be a dramedy but anyways so they fight all the fucking talent and this season two of the siblings have been on the dad's side while the older sibling kendall has been trying to fight the dad to claim power um, to take over the company. He he outed the fact that the dad knew about some sexual assaults that happened. Um, this is how we got to here. So now we're in the last episode. The dad decides, Logan decides, he's thinking about selling the company because it's just too much shit going on. And he's going to sell it to a super, like this new tech guy that's taking over the world with his, with his technology and social media, shit like that. Um, so here we are. And the siblings decide they're going to unite 
to stop this motherfucker. They're going to stop their dad from selling the company. They have the power because their mom, whose wedding they are at, by the way, not, uh, no longer married to Logan, gave them power and divorced to veto this. So now that we gave you the background for what's going on, um, holy shit. I was excited. I want to know how people feel. Like I was actually genuinely excited to see the siblings finally together. Um, they've been kind of on and off flirting with it. They had an episode earlier in the season where Kendall, who's been you know trying to fight his dad since the first episode, Kendall brought them in and was like, "Hey man, like we need to do this together. We need to get him out of there from leading the company." And it's not like Kendall is some great fucking leader. Like Kendall has been on the brink of a serious breakdown this entire season. And in the last few episodes he has, like he's, he's, he wouldn't be the right person to lead a company at all. But in his mind, just because everyone in this show is so power hungry, he thinks he can do the better job. But so the siblings finally unite and I, and I was excited for it. I don't like any of them. I find myself cheering for Kendall for some reason, just because he seems to be the one that experiences sadness, which the rest of them don't really, you know, show. Um, So it's kind of you want to see him get out of the gutter that he's been in since the first fucking season. Um, So it was nice to see them finally unite. And then they go to go fucking see Logan. And the crazy part is for the people that watch the episode, I've watched it twice now. I don't know if anyone, when they first got to like the stronghold where everyone is with Logan's company to get this sale done, Logan just says, let them in to the guard. Like, did anyone see that? Did, like, how did he know? Nobody ran. I don't, I didn't see, maybe they, maybe I just missed it in the episode, but I didn't see anyone run to tell Logan, hey, um, your kids are here. Like, how the fuck did he know they were coming? Wink, wink. <laughs> So I think that was kind of the show the writers telling us right there, like, all right, Logan, Logan is not about to be surprised by anything. So Logan gets there. I'm sorry. The kids get there and they're all they're telling their dad, like, hey, um, we know what you're about to do. It can't fucking happen. We have the power to veto and we're not going to let it happen. The first thing Logan does is he looks at his youngest son, who's been the weak link. Uh, I'm not going to say the weak link, but he's been kissing his dad's ass this whole time. Looks at him. Rome, what are you doing? <laughs> that shit was... Gr- oh, my God. I was so ready for fucking Roman to flip back to his dad's side immediately. But he decides to stay. And I think that's a big character moment for Roman. I'm interested to see if it stays that way, though. Because now that he's done it and he's lost, maybe Logan will never take him back. But it seems like that was a huge growth moment. Because Roman has been like... Sucking his dad's teeth this whole, whole show. Like, the entire time. And Siobhan's been doing something similar. But Siobhan's maybe stood up to her dad a few more times. But Roman has ne- he's like a lost puppy without his fucking dad. And he finally decides to team up with his siblings. And his dad's like, Rome, what the fuck are you doing? And Rome just starts weeping and shit. Rome just immediately is just like begging his dad, like, no, you can't do this. You can't do this. But anyways, they think they have the leg up. Little do they know. As soon as they get their whole shit off, Logan's telling them the whole time, like, just stop. You're not winning. Just stop. And they get their shit off. And Logan's like, all right. The fucking assistant, this like 25-year-old assistant that he's been hitting, which is also disgusting. Because Logan is like fucking, I don't, how old is Logan? Logan's like. 
I don't know his exact age. I think he's like fucking 70 something years old. I don't know if they ever said his age, but he's, he's old as shit. He's been decrepit for the last three seasons. He's had like two strokes since the show started. Like he's old as fuck, but he's apparently banging this, uh, 25 to 30 year old assistant and trying to save his sperm but that's not a part of the main plot anyways um the assistant pulls up with the phone tells uh roman like yeah she's in guess who's on the fucking phone their mom who gave them the power to veto this shit and i think it was crazy too because the show writers they teased like this show is so fucking well written i saw a tweet and it was like uh, Siobhan, uh, Kendall, and Rome went to attack one abusive parent, forgetting that they had another one. Like, their mom has tried to come off as, like, you know, for the kids, kind of, in some episodes. But in reality, the reason they're so fucked up as children is because both their parents are fucked up. And their mom is just taking away all their power just because they think Logan, essentially, is going to help out her new husband with some uh, business ventures that he's been fucking up. That's crazy. So they just have to sit there and Logan's just looking at them like, y'all motherfuckers thought y'all could come here and fuck this up. And I love, I love these scenes because it's like the scenes you get. I feel like Denzel Washington does these scenes a lot. Uh, fucking um, Tony Soprano was the king of these scenes where it's just like, wh- who did y'all think y'all were? Better question, who do y'all think I am? Because everything that you guys think I am, I'm that plus 10. <laughs> like, I birthed y'all. Y'all not about to come in here and fuck any of this, any of what I got going on up at all. Never. So, Logan, you know, tells him, I think he hit the line, you're playing with toy fucking soldiers. Like, that was, <clears throat> that shit was strong. That was clean. And, um, then the question becomes, Siobhan Blurry says it out loud. How the fuck did he know we were coming? And that's when the show... To me, I think Secession's been a great show. But this last... That last little fucking clip where we figure out what just happened just took it to that upper echelon of HBO shows with the Game of Thrones before the last season, with the Sopranos, with The Wire. I still haven't seen The Wire. Don't hate. But um, it put it up there with that with that tear because what has happened is Siobhan the daughter of Logan she's been married to this man Tom now everybody that watches the show Tom is like he's funny he's fucked up but he's just been getting shit on by every fucking body in the show like he's he's just been the butt of the joke and Siobhan her his wife treats him like shit like just to just to put this all in perspective, the day they got married in season, whatever season that was, she tells him, hey, I had an affair. Thinking that he's been fucking other bitches too. No, he loved, like, he loves Siobhan. An episode before this whole shit happens, they're doing foreplay, trying to get freaky, you know, trying to talk, you know, you try to talk a game or whatever. And uh, I think... um Tom's tells her, you know, say something mean to me. You know what I'm saying? Get me, get me riled up. Some shit like that. This motherfucker, or sorry, Siobhan decides to tell him, I don't love you. I'm too good for you. 
And then Tom's just supposed to get down and get freaky after that. And he does somehow. But just think, just think of Tom's mindset. Like, his whole shit was probably like, you know, like, all right, how much, how many times am I going to sit here and just get disrespected to my fucking face? And the show is just so beautifully written because we see Tom have these slight moments of like, wait, you said, like, should I just take this? Because this whole season, the thought was Tom was going to go to jail for the shit that happened with the sexual assaults that got exposed. Because he was the head of that division and then got told that and then, you know, kind of had Greg, and I'll get to Greg, had Greg destroy all the evidence. Um, so Tom, this whole season, he's supposed to go to jail and his wife's just fine with it. And people are jabbing at Tom, telling him, like, I think Rome, Siobhan's brother, is telling him, hey, you know, when you go to jail, Siobhan's going to hop right on to another, you know. So this whole season, this whole show, we've just been clowning Tom. Tom doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Tom is aloof. Tom's wife doesn't love him. And then, boom. There's the fucking twist right there. Who told Logan that the siblings were coming, that they had this plan? As Logan leaves the room... After just destroying his whole kids, like destroying all the confidence that he's any of them have ever had. In walks Tom. First, Tom gets a pat on the shoulder from Logan as he walks out the room and he walks in. Like, oh, what's wrong? That's another fucking moment. Because the look on Siobhan's face, the actress for Siobhan, her face just, it was so beautifully played. Because it was like, her face is like, what the fuck? What? Cause you got like she's thinking. I think I'm thinking she's thinking she caused this, and she never knew Tom had it in him. And this motherfucker Tom, it was so. Oh my god, man! I, I guess I watched the episode Sunday when it came out. Me and my girlfriend immediately watched it again Monday morning. I'm so excited for this next season, but I do have a little side plot that I think might be going on. So. Earlier in that finale episode, Connor, um, earlier in that episode, Connor, Connor, the eldest son of Logan Roy, is at the table with his three siblings and they're all talking and Kendall's explaining like, you guys don't fucking understand. Like I lost everything that was, that should have been mine because I'm the oldest sibling. He, he put emphasis on he's the oldest and Connor's like, cause Connor has a different mother. Connor's like, um, no, the fuck you not. Like, I'm the oldest son of Logan Roy. He's, I think he said those words exactly. And he said it and then fucking bounced from the table. I think, I don't think the writers just put that scene in there for no reason. Because you see, when the siblings are all on the way to go embrace, or, you know, go against Logan, when they're all driving up, they called Connor and told him. So maybe Connor was in on it. Maybe Connor told Logan. Maybe there's a twist in the twist. I'm just saying, I don't think they put a random, you know, episode from Connor. He's had these moments where he freaks out a little bit. I don't think they just put something random in there for it not to mean anything. But we'll see. We will see. It's just such a fucking great show. They have HBO, like I said, you guys are, are monsters. HBO has held it down for the last however many decades of television and probably will continue to. Because they just hire the best writers and fucking put all the money into the production. Did you see how beautiful this shit looked? I don't know if they were really in Tuscany. I don't know where they actually were. 
But that shit, I rode the Peloton yesterday and I like did a free ride in Tuscany just so I felt like I was in the episode. It was tough. It was tough. But speaking of always holding down, holding it down, um, this is a huge week. A huge week for Marvel Entertainment. Um, Marvel as in superheroes. And this might lose a, a few audience members as well. I don't really care. I, uh, listen. <laughs> this is my shit, okay? Like, I like watching TV and I like watching movies and I like superheroes. Like, I'm a nerd. I'm a fucking geek sometimes with this. But, um, so this week, one, uh, on Disney Plus, new episode of Hawkeye dropped with a big, I won't spoil it because it's only been out a day. I know I spoiled the secession finale, but that was, that had been out since Sunday. I'm not going to spoil the Hawkeye episode that came out, but it was a big fucking, something big happened is all I'll say. But today that I'm recording Thursday is the drop date of Spider-Man no Way Home. Now, I think I've referenced it on a few episodes. Listen, y'all. This movie means a lot to me. So if there's anyone out there that's like, you know, you're trying to be a troll. You're trying to talk shit. You're trying to spoil the movie. I, I don't have tickets to this film yet. It's been tough. My girlfriend wants me to go see it with her. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I don't know if I can wait that long. She's not going to be here till next week, like later in the week. Like, how the fuck am I, how am I supposed to avoid spoilers that long? And I'm hoping she doesn't listen to this part because she's been telling me she'd be skipping through parts. So let's hope she skipped through this part. I'm hoping when I started this segment with, when I started this section of it saying Marvel, that she was like, oh, yeah, I don't want to, you know? Because <laughs> I think I'm going to go see it. I got to go see it without her. I can't wait. I'm going to have to act like I haven't seen it before when she gets here, but I can be slick like that. But Spider-Man No Way Home drops today. This movie has been so fucking hyped for the last year, it feels like. All the trailers look dope. Everybody thinks we're going to see the um, old Spider-Man joining the new Spider-Man. It's crazy. So the main reason I even wanted to bring it up on the podcast is, one, I'm excited to see it. And two, please don't be out here trying to spoil movies, man. Give us a few days. These fucking tickets flew off the shelves like Jordans. I didn't have a chance to get a ticket. Give us a few days. You can wait a few days before you post your opinion of the movie and post what happened on the movie in your fucking, uh, on your Twitter or your Instagram or whatever. You can wait. I'm not saying if I see it earlier that I'm going to wait, but I'm saying you can wait. Maybe don't follow me. Because maybe if I see it, I might spoil a couple things. But for you, you should wait. Wait for everybody. Wait for me, please. And if you do spoil it, all I'm going to say is my hands work. Both of them, right and left. And it's beef and broccoli if I see you. That's all we really got to touch on with that. But I'm hype. I'm hype. Um, so yeah, this was a, what I'm watching, what I'm listening to. So I'm going to be, I've been watching Secession, hoping to see Spider-Man No Way Home. No Way, is it No Way Home? I think. Yeah, not No Way From. No Way Home. Um, oh shit, I forgot. I wanted to touch on too. This past week, after we dropped the episode last week, um, fucking Drake and Kanye had a concert together at like two in the morning Eastern time. Like it was a benefit concert. So imagine you're trying to tune in and maybe donate. I don't know if there was a donation. Sir. But imagine you're trying to do that, but you got to wait till two in the fucking morning to see what you donate, like to see the concert for the benefit. It was frustrating. I waited. I stayed up to see it. 
And um, I'd probably give it a six out of ten. And the six and five and a half of that six is from Kanye. Because Drake, I'll just give you a rundown of what happened. So first, the Kanye's choir do come out, do their shit. They're in the Coliseum in L.A. and it looks amazing. It looks beautiful. It's like true like Roman gladiator shit. It feels like what's happening or whatever. So the um, choir does their shit for like 20 minutes. Then Drake and Kanye walk down the Coliseum steps together. Now, that was dope. That was dope to see them walking down together, the music serenading them and all that shit. It was cool. It was really cool to see. Now, Kanye proceeds to go on stage and do his set, and Kanye kills it. All the classics. He's playing all the classics. He's into it. He's not remembering all the words, but that's okay. He, I mean, he, he's got a lot fucking going on with his mind, I'm, I'm sure. Um, but he kills it. All the songs hit. Everybody, the crowd's going fucking nuts. The visuals are beautiful. That's the best thing about a Kanye concert is the visuals are like top tier every time. No matter what he does, he needs to make sure it looks fucking amazing. So Kanye finishes up his set. He does, um, he even does two Drake songs. He does Find Your Love and he did, um, oh, well, he said Say You Will, which is a song from 808s and Heartbreaks, which Drake then went on to sample in his mixtape song, Say What's Real, which is one of the best Drake songs ever. I'll still say that to this day. Um, now, it's Drake's turn. And my thoughts is, all right, Kanye just killed that. I know Drake is about to come with that shit. Like, Drake about to come with that fucking heat. And Drake starts with a Kanye song, one of them new gospel Donda songs. I mean, it sounds, the vocals are great. And then he proceeds to play Certified Lover Boy. Which, you know, I don't hate the album. Okay, I, I like Certified Lover Boy. I've, I've listened to it a few times. I still listen to some of the songs on repeat now because I'm a Drake stan, as I've said before. But, um, bro, we need hits. You saw what Kanye did. Bring the hits. Don't, you know, it reminded me of my um, sophomore year in college, I think it was. My sophomore year in college, we go, we have a spring concert at Hopkins. Um, and it was on our practice field because we were getting a whole new practice field. So they put a stage on the practice field. It's lit. The opener for, we got chain smokers that year. The opener for it was Swayze. Swayze is an artist that came out maybe late two thousands maybe 2010 ish or something with a few songs that were kind of popular that uh corona and lime song i don't know if y'all remember the corona and lime song baby will you be my corona and lime? that shit that was him that was him well it wasn't even him actually he raps on the song there's a white guy that sings with him so he's opening and me and my friends you know we saw he was opening so we decided like all right let's make sure we know at least a couple of the songs so we'll go and we can sing along with the mans and you know it'll be a fun it'll be a fun little you know and we get there, and he's singing a couple of the old songs, but then he would stop. And I should have known times were hard because he stopped. And at one point, I'm pretty sure he grabbed a fireball bottle from somebody. Or maybe he just had a fireball bottle on stage. And, I mean, if he was really out here popping, he wouldn't have fireball. Like, I was a sophomore in college, and I was past fireball. But that's neither here nor there. Shout out Swayze. Anyways, he um asked us, hey... Y'all want to hear some new shit? 
No. <laughs> what? <laughs> what new shit? What are you talking about, Swayze? We know four of your songs, the four songs that made you popular. Don't bring nothing else to the table. We don't want any of that. And then he started negotiating with us, like, hey, uh, uh, I'll play one new song, y'all bounce to the new song, then I'll give y'all two old songs. Ah, no, just play the, just play the two old ones. We don't, we, don't, we don't want the new one. And he kept trying to throw these new songs in, and he was missing the white guy that would sing all his choruses on his old songs. So, I don't know. But it, I'm not going to compare Swayze to Drake. Obviously, Drake's on a different level. But that's kind of what it felt like to me. Like, the crowd was expecting the hits. Twitter, everyone on Twitter was tweeting about it. Like, where the fuck are the hits? We don't want to hear all this, like, uh, shit. You said that you're a lesbian girl, me too. I don't need that. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't need that. I don't. Personally, I don't. We wanted the hits. We wanted headlines. We might, we wanted Take Care. We wanted, you know, the classic shits. So I was disappointed there. Drake goes through his set, gets damn near through that whole new album. And then uh, Kanye comes back out and they do Forever. Uh, that song that was on everybody's high school mixtape. Um, so it was alright. Like I said, 6 out of 10, Kanye carried. Um, I just don't know what Drake's plan was. Maybe Drake was trying to get out of the way for Kanye and let Kanye kind of do his thing. It was technically Kanye's concert, but um, I was disappointed. So that's our segment. That's what I watched um, over the last week, and I just wanted to touch on Secession. Crazy. Please, everybody, go check out Secession. Um, you can also go watch that, uh, oh, also go watch Hawkeye. If you go see No Way Home, please don't fucking spoil it. Please. Please. And the Kanye and Drake concert is still on Prime Video. So, also, what is Jeff Bezos doing with rap? Why is he trying to get into the concert business now? Listen, I don't know, Jeff Bezos might not run the operations anymore at Amazon, but we need to... I know we probably are already worried about Jeff Bezos, but we should really keep an eye on that motherfucker. Because it seems like now, if he's going to start getting these major concerts, we're going to be using Prime Video a lot more. Because I don't use Prime Video a lot. Just something to keep an eye on. That's it. Today's episode of Keeping It Low Key is brought to you by Whole Foods. Do you want to show your status? Do you want to show people how you're really balling without having to buy a new Tesla or go buy a new house and show it off on Instagram? Come shop at Whole Foods. Are you tired of shopping next to the same regular degular Joe Schmo that doesn't make anywhere near as much money as you, They can buy the same things, the same products that you do? Come shop at Whole Foods. You'll feel the power. You'll feel your status. You'll feel your wealth. When you check out for $80 for two bags of tortilla chips and a spoonful of guac. Whole Foods. Because there's no time to buy groceries when you're hanging out with brokies. Now, I did say I was going to talk about sports. Uh, I'm sorry. I said I was going to talk about the aquarium. But um, I'll be honest. I don't have that much on the aquarium. Like why the only question I had is why don't we look at aquariums like zoos? And I don't know if y'all fuck with zoos, but I don't really fuck with zoos. Um The aquarium was cool. I went to the one in Boston. I haven't been to the one in Baltimore since I was a child, so didn't really have it much to compare to much to compare it to. Um Only thing that was really exciting was the penguins. I touched the shark, but they slimy. That shit was 
Was it a shark? I think it was a shark. Yeah, I touched the back of a shark. It was kind of nasty. Um, so that's all I have on aquariums. Let's get to sports. Fuck it. There's a lot to talk about in sports. So um, on my Instagram, at keeping it low key pod, at KTA underscore Henson 45 for my personal. Um, I did put out a question just asking, what did you guys want me to talk about? I was just wondering, you know, I've been kind of just free, freestyling a little bit, but um, I actually got some good topics and a lot of them were sports based. So I wanted to run through that. So my boy Alex, who I reference on this pod more than anyone, I guess, <laughs> real life renovation, go follow that. He actually gave me a good question. One, wanted me to talk about Steph breaking the record for most threes ever made um, by an NBA player. And two, your most hated sports player that you've ever had to watch or, yeah, that you've had to cheer against. Now that one's tough. I'm going to get to that. But to start off, Let's start with Steph. So I think we're at a point where it's only Steph and Magic that I would consider in terms of top point guards. Ever. Like, that's the top two for me, and they're entrenched. I didn't watch Stockton. I didn't really watch Magic, but Magic, five championships, like, top, all, damn near at the top of the all-time assist list. Changed basketball, really, him and Larry Bird. Um, the face of the Lakers through the 80s with, on a team with Kareem. I think Magic Magic locks himself in. Just look at Magic's highlight tape. He's the number one point guard right now. But Steph, Steph is not far from there. I'm going to talk about my most hated players that I've had to watch. Steph Curry is probably number two for me in terms of my most favorite. Um, Kobe obviously being number one. And Steph's right there at two. I, if I had to go down and listen, make a top five, I don't even know. That's kind of tough. LeBron's in there. Shaq's in there. Huh. I have to do that one day, too. I'll do that on another pot. But anyways, it's just so crazy. If you look at Steph's numbers, like, he might actually hit 4,000 three-pointers. If he can stay at this level for another three to four years, I think he's going to hit 400 three-pointers. And he's not even shooting the ball well right now. Like, Steph is having a record-breaking season. He's on pace, I think, to beat his record of most threes ever made in a season and he's not shooting the ball well (laughs) like he's shooting low for him I think he's shooting somewhere around 40 percent he's usually like a 43 percent shooter um so it's just incredible how he's changed the sport and I'm so glad he changed the sport right when well not right when I started watching it because I had those years before you know before Steph but I am glad that I've been here you know as a part of this generation that's gotten to see him change it because Good God, if I had to watch fucking that shit that they would play with just bigs and just like foul, like, you know, like nobody could shoot. I enjoy watching it when people can just light it up from three. I do want to see dunks and like the highlight plays and shit like that. But I think someone just like is splashing in your eye from the logo. I think that's just crazy. I do think it's changed a lot. Like it's made a lot of people think that they can shoot or that they have to shoot. And not everybody has to fucking shoot. I see shades of that in my own game. For some reason, I've convinced myself that I'm a shooter. I'm not a shooter. I I break the shit out of some shots. But that's the Steph effect right there. Everyone wants to. Everyone wants to be a shooter. So it's just great that we've, like my generation, has been able to witness that. Like how many records I've seen. I've now seen this record broken twice. But, like, sometimes these records stay... Like, Kareem broke the all-time scoring record, I think, in 1984. 
So if LeBron goes on to break that in a few years, that record will stand for like damn near 40 years. So it's a lot of generations that get skipped over that don't get to see these type of records broken. And with Steph, we've now seen him beat the three-point record. He was a part of the team that beat the all-time wins in in a regular season record. Like He's up there in terms of, one, like I said, top two point guards, and he might fucking be around like top 20 players all time right now. Like, I don't think he's far from it. He's got two MVPs, three championships. He needs a finals MVP, I guess, to be up there. But I think he, like, in terms of being the best, like, he's the best at a skill ever by a mile. Like, people will say Magic's the best passer. Like, Kareem's the best scent. Like, Steph is the best at a certain thing ever. The most important thing in the sport, pat shooting. He's the best at it ever. It probably will remain that. Like, I don't see anyone, you know, obviously I can't predict the fucking future, but I don't know how this will be eclipsed. Like, the shit we've seen Steph do, I don't know how we see that get surpassed. Um, So, no, just crazy, man. Like, it was dope to watch. It was really dope to watch. And I loved it, too, because Ray Allen, he broke the record while playing for the Celtics against the Lakers. And I'm a Lakers fan. So I was not happy about that shit. The Lakers won that game also, by the way, that he broke the record in, just so everybody's on the same page. But no, fuck the Celtics. And I'm not going to say fuck Ray Allen, but fuck him while he was playing for the Celtics. So shout out, Steph. That was dope. Um, Keeping it NBA. I know you guys are probably used to me starting with football. I'm going to get to football. But keeping it NBA, um, I got a little upset the other day about something I I was reading and seeing. So... Ever since Thanksgiving and more pictures have started to emerge now, people have been really getting on Zion. Zion Williamson plays for the Pelicans for his weight. And let me just stand up. I'm, I'm going to be the one that stands up for Zion and say this. As someone that has never really been able to fit correctly in jeans, I know Zion's build. Like Zion has never had a full outfit that really fit him that wasn't like sweatshorts. Or, or sorry, sweatshirts and sweatpants. So when you see him out here bundled looking, you know, looking how he's looking, one, he's been off his foot. And two, that's cozy wear for the thickums. That's like, that's my shit. Like, I, I see that and I relate to that. Y'all need to leave that man alone. I feel like that guy, uh, leave Brittany, leave Zion alone. You know how hard it is to shop for pants when you built like Zion? You 6'6", six, six, but you 385 pounds. They don't make pants for that. Leave him alone. And he's like, it's not like he's not a great player. Like, I hope he can get healthy and get healthy on that foot so he can actually hoop again and show people like, no, Zion is that real deal. Um, But y'all need to chill on the weight stuff. Like, y'all go way too hard on people for the weight shit. You don't know how hard it is for him to keep weight off. You don't. Ask someone that is sitting here Putting weight back on because the holiday season is like Zion, like for some people you have that big Thanksgiving plate and then you go work out and the plate's gone, right? You don't have to worry about the after effects. Zion has two of those Thanksgiving plates and them shits go straight to his hips and he's still more muscular than any of us. But it's just how it works. His body is just, it's, 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 he's thickums. Like it's just, it's, you know what I'm saying? And and I, I relate. Everybody wants to talk about, you know, I, I 
my ass looks big in a lot of pants because I, they don't make pants that fit my build. I'm six one, but like two. I'm not gonna say my weight. It's heavy right now. It's heavy. I'm up. I'm up. My weight's up right now. Okay. They don't make pants to fit these these thighs and these in this ass. And it's the same way with Zion, I'm sure. So leave him alone, man. He's going to be all right. He'll be back. He's young. I just had to go on that tangent real quick, man. Um, quick Lakers check-in. Uh, they won a game. I watched them play against the Mavericks yesterday, barely. By And Luka didn't even play, so... That's where they are right now. They're getting hit with COVID. The whole fucking NBA is getting hit with COVID. The whole world apparently might be getting hit with COVID again right now. Hopefully I don't have that shit. Um, so we'll see how the rest of the season goes with them. But getting into what Alex brought up with my most hated athlete. So hmm, that is tough. That is fucking tough. I got to. Oh, I mean, I think. So I, I maybe I did this on the draft episode that I didn't really post anywhere. I posted somewhere very shortly, very briefly. Um, I hate Chris Paul. Like, there's no question about mine. I cannot stand Chris Paul. He's annoying. He's not short in terms of normal humans, but he's just short. Like, in terms of NBA players, and he just has this short man syndrome, and he's dirty. Like, I don't fuck with Chris Paul at all. So if I had to pick someone that I personally can't stand, it's Chris Paul. But I also, like, respect his game. Now, if there was someone else that I had to say I, like, can't stand or couldn't stand watching or just didn't, like, would root against consistently no matter where he was. Corey Brewer is up there. But then he played for the Lakers for a little bit, so I kind of had to chill out. But Corey Brewer, Alex will know this. Corey Brewer cost me at least 10 to 15 assists per game in my my player in like 2K12, 2K11. So from that point on, it was, I never had respect for Corey Brewer. Um, let me think of college, shit, college basketball. Alex had a good one. He, refer- he mentioned Matt Costello used to play the center for Michigan State. Big white, like, I'm not trying to be racist, but big white dude, like just, he would give you like a quick five and and, and six rebounds and, and four fouls and think he did something because he got like one clutch and one at the end of the game. I don't, I'm not here for that. So I guess that's my list right there. Chris Paul, um, Matt Costello is up there. Uh, Corey Brewer is there and will always be there. And I'm sure there's someone else that I think of. Um, oh, if we're talking football, fucking Ben Roethlisberger by a mile. Heinz Ward, Troy Polamalu. Oh my God. They try to make Troy Palomalo into this all-American saint. Bro, fuck Troy Palomalo. Fuck him. But transitioning to football. Um, yeah, guys, I'm depressed. Like I, I Everything's falling apart for me football-wise. Uh, came in last place in my fantasy football league. Uh, I'll get to that. Um, the Ravens, Lamar's hurt. I said on the fucking episode last week, Damn, I'm not trying to, you know, jinx this, but Lamar, go sign the contract as soon as you can before you get hurt playing behind that line. And low and fucking low. What happens the next game? I knocked on wood and everything. That's how bad my luck is football-wise right now. So the Ravens, um, I'm actually going to go to the game Sunday too with my aunt. And the Ravens are playing the Packers and Lamar probably won't be there. 
So that's dope. But now this COVID shit is like, I don't even know. Actually, I'm sitting there saying I'm going to be there Saturday, Sunday. I don't even know if there's going to be a game. Uh, the Packers and Ravens haven't got hit too hard. There's a few players. But the rest of the league, holy shit. Like, did the whole league go to SantaCon in New York? Like, I saw the SantaCon TikToks where everybody got COVID. It looks like that's what happened with fucking the NFL. Like, people just went to SantaCon. And the numbers are crazy right now. I don't know what's going on. It's, it's, We're going to get some bummy-ass football is what I'm going to tell y'all. Y'all going to get a Case Keenum versus a, a, a... Shit, I'm trying to think of another ass quarterback that's out there. Um, y'all going to get a Case Keenum game, and I think that's enough. that's enough ass right there. <laughs> like... I hate it. I, I This COVID shit... In terms of sports, like, I'm just worried. I hope they don't have it. They don't feel like going back to, you know, locking the games off where the fans can't go. Because I'm really excited. This is my first Ravens game that I'm going to with Lamar on the team, and he got hurt. But this is my first Ravens game I'm going to in years in person. Um, so I'm hyped. I am hyped, no matter who plays. If they play, I guess. We'll see. <laughs> um, so let me say, we went through sports. Uh, fucking Steph crazy Zion leave Zion alone I mean that leave him alone uh the Lakers um the Ravens yeah I think that's that's a majority of all the stuff I wanted to go through in sports um yeah that's it Now, wrapping up here today, this episode will be a little bit shorter than the rest. Um, I, as I said earlier, I came in last in my fantasy league. Um, My fantasy league consists of a bunch of my friends from high school. Um, I think it's six of us in total. And my team just completely shit the bed. I don't know what happened. Uh, Part of it's on me, I guess. Uh, But it feels like a lot of it is on the team the players, but I won't get into that. I won't get into all the specifics. All that we need to know is that I came in last. So now as a part of my punishment for coming in last in this fantasy league, I will have to wear a romper um, when we all get together here in the upcoming spring. Now, I will be honest with you guys. Um, as the the colder months have come, even though it was like 70 degrees today, the holidays, I have put on a few pounds. I have, um, I'm, I'm, I'm almost back to the weight I was when I was playing football, and I was heavy then. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to be starting this. Um, I guess I'll be starting it myself. I'll let people join if you'd like. But it will be hashtag romper body challenge. And uh, the plan is to just try to slim out and look as good in the romper as I possibly can. Um now, one, I don't know really how rompers fit. As I said earlier when talking about Zion, I'm a little worried because I can't really get good pants to fit no matter what kind of shape I'm in. Um, so trying to make a romper work may be a little bit difficult on my thighs, but we're going to get, get in shape using this romper body challenge. Now, I, I was doing the Peloton yesterday, um, did a little bit of cardio today, or sorry, two days ago. And uh, I'm still trying to figure out exactly the workouts I should be using to get this done. So if you are a listener and you are into that type of stuff, 
that you know good with giving out workout advice or good with um I don't know just just if you have advice to give on how I can cut pounds I know a lot of it will be diet but I'm struggling with that so give me the diet tips too don't tell me to go on keto because I'm not I'm not doing keto I did I've done vegan a few times um Maybe I'll try that again for a little bit. I just can never do that for too long. You know, I feel like I miss it too much. But just, you know, reach out once you hear this. If you hear this, um, give me, you know, give me advice. If you want to join the Rump, Romper Body Challenge, Romper Body Challenge is what we're going to call it. Um, we're going to cut it off probably in like March. We'll just track, I guess, how much weight we cut <laughs> um, and how we look, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm getting real vulnerable on here. I'm trying to lose some weight so I can, so I can look good in this romper. I'm not trying to look good for anyone, but I just don't want to look, you know, gross in a romper. Um, so that, that's how I kind of wanted to wrap it up. Um, thank you guys all for tuning in. Uh, this episode was kind of all over the place. So if you were able to stay through it, I appreciate it. Um, and if you didn't hear it, fuck you. Thank you. (laughs)